Alright, Ward Podcast episode 6. What the hell? <laughs> this is what, our fifth take? Yeah, whatever. Alright, Dylan. Who are you? I'm Dylan Alvento. I'm Mason Brown. And we made games. Well, we say we made games. We made some games. We made some, we've made some games. We've made progress. We've made progress. For, forward we, progress. We're going to have a website, and that's still coming. I might just drop that site and just take a theme and just throw it up. No, I like that site. You do? I mean, kind of. It's, it's unique. It is unique, but now I've been looking at it for so long, and now I'm just kind of... Well, that's... I just want to get something up that's working, and then I can keep cranking on that one. On oh, is it side. not working? No, it's working. It just it's, it, it has a hard time um, on mobile right now, and I just don't have time to do mobile QA on it right now. Oh, well then, yeah, just throw up a WordPress thing or it's whatever. Not um, but that's neither here nor there. It is September 2nd, which means that Metal Gear Solid Five came out yesterday. I played the intro this morning. Oh, so you got it? I got. I downloaded it yesterday. I downloaded it. I, I saw it in my Steam library when I got home, and I said, well, I'm going to bed. And I played the intro this morning, and it's fantastic. I really want to play it. It's, dude, the... I want you just to see the intro. Maybe you should come over to the beginning, and we can play the intro through, just so you can see it. Okay. Because it's, it's something else. It was so cool. Oh, that's the hospital escape, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But even before that, and it, it opens... Because it, it, I'm going to tell you. Okay, and just I'll, show, I'll show it to you. And it, this isn't like a big thing that you're going to care about, but it opens on a tape that says, From the Man Who Sold the World. And I'm like, that's a Nirvana song. <laughs> and then this hyper-distorted rendition oh, of no. The Man Who Sold the World by Nirvana starts playing, and it's amazing. It's so good. You know you can play those tapes on your helicopter? Like when you fly in to the drop zone? I mean, dude, I, the only part, I, I'm still in the hospital. Oh really? Like I, <laughs> I played for maybe just the longest hallway. No, I played for twenty minutes, and there's like a a whole there's a character creation thing that you do, and then it doesn't matter. So I don't even know what the fuck that is. That sounds like a Kojima thing. Maybe. Yeah. So Sarah and I like, tried to make it look just like me. Like tried to make Big Boss look like you. Yeah, and like we made it look like me, and I was like, cool. And then I <laughs> <laughs> then you just killed that person. Didn't, didn't matter. And Sarah's like, well, that was weird. So that's kind of I did that a little this morning. That's cool. Um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that game, and I think that is the Metal Gear for me. Because it just cuts out a lot of the BS story. Eh, it's still in there. I know it's still in there, but, like, it, I think it's the it's the parts that, like, make people... It's definitely... The endeared f- to Metal Gear. Right, and it's the first... It, I think it's the first Metal Gear besides Ground Zeroes that gets out of the way of itself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the other games you had to kind of buy into their systems and the way they moved... And once you got into it, it was kind of like, oh, this is fun. Like, I always loved uh, Metal Gear games, but they're different. And they don't control naturally, and a lot of the things are kind of arbitrary. But they did they just do stuff that's that's interesting. And I think this game is the, the natural kind of conclusion of finally someone... It was like Kojima, we're going to handle the gameplay systems. Right. we got to stop doing this weird system from, like, 1992. Right. Like this weird tribute to original Metal Gear... Yeah, and it's, you know, MGS4 controlled well, though. I mean, I will say that. It just, it was very, there was no weight to anything. And I feel like MGS5 has this excellent sense of just, everything, everything's very punchy mm-hmm. in a way that you, you like, um, I feel like Gears of War has that a really well, like a punchy feeling control system. All the guns feel heavy and, you know, you impact the, the, the knee-high cover and it shakes the camera. There's a lot of really good motion going on that that's, gives you a sense of weight. Without making the character this toppy turvy kind of Grand Theft Auto rock star, um, 
Euphoria engine. Yeah. Which it, it does. That feels cool because it has so much weight, but at a point, I think it does limit the gameplay, especially in GTA. Yeah, because you're just you're so fragile so much of the time right. in GTA that like <laughs> if you there's literally like I think there are like YouTube videos of people just tripping and falling and then die. I've never done. I don't think because they've just like snapped their neck or you That's know funny, collided yeah. in some way. Well, I, I liked the locomotion in Max Payne. Like that was a good balance of that that engine's capabilities of, of conveying weight, but Max Payne was still very responsive. Was that Rockstar San Diego? I don't know. Let me look. But um, so I I just love the way Max Payne. And you you and I both like how Max Payne plays though. I never played the original ones, but it. Uh, pretty sure my, Alan Wake is my near Max, Max Payne. Payne. Alan Wake Raven. is amazing. Yeah. Alan Wake, or well, it's not Raven. Alan Wake was Remedy. Remedy, that's what I meant. Um, Raven. Raven made the Wolfenstein before Machine Games made Wolfenstein. Right. Wolfenstein's a game that you should play. I let no. I mean, I have seen a lot of the story of the newest, the new one. Oh, you have seen it. Like that is the perfect. Like you can't get any more like tribute to B movie pulp, pulp man. And like, you saw in all their advertising, it was, and it's just it stuck great. the landing. But yeah, it's just like. Like, I love BJ. BJ, BJ Blaskowitz is mm-hmm. just an endearing, just meat shield, and like they oh, just he's play. Cool. But they play up the part where he's just like invincible, so much. Like yeah. he's and it's just weird and it's just it's amazing. Uh, I I I never beat it. I still need to beat it, but I really enjoyed. It's a game that if you have time one weekend, put it on easy and just blow through it. Because the stealth in that game is really it's fun and it's different because it's very. When the shit hits the fan, the game is built for that side of it. So they they, they installed a really good stealth system that can, because I never liked Splinter Cell, the old Splinter Cell, because once it got bad, it was that done. Was it. And um, the Wait, new Splinter Cells got better with that. Yeah, that change in conviction because like conviction was more aggressive no matter what. They had the whole predator thing, where you're no longer this passive shadow guy, which I always loved that part. You're this this active participant in stealth and there's like this whole active stealth concept which I thought was really interesting and, and Metal Your Solid Ground Zeroes does that really well too like when Tim and I were doing that were you watching this play? no oh and we had to blow up the two artillery encampments and I was like trying to be sneaky and put C4 under him and one guy caught me and I was like fuck and he had, a, he had an RPG so I just went up punched him took oh, right, the RPG yeah. and blew up that. the other one and then caught a helicopter and just sprinted across a base while people were shooting at me to get on the helicopter. Well, you know, you can get. Did you hear the thing where you can get quiet to like shoot stuff in midair? Yeah, I'm excited. That's weird. It's that game's big. I got Mad Max too. Oh, I want to like Mad Max. I, I mean, I haven't played it. But I haven't heard good things. Uh, so like some I, people, I feel like it's pretty polarizing. Yeah, it looks more like I didn't like Just Cause, but this looks more my mm. my speed than Just Cause. So what I've heard, and and I played maybe ten minutes of it last night, which was, you know, I didn't get, I am still in the tutorial, um, but I wanted to like just see what the graphics look like because it's pretty. Um, is it's it's kind of the game that I've, I've I've always wanted to. It's an open world game where the whole game story is driven about making your dude better because the whole game like is about car. building this car. Yeah. So Mad Max can get out. And, um, you know, it's it's not a, it's not the best conceit, and the narrative isn't great. But what narrative is there is kind of it's kind of interesting. Wait, so where's his interceptor? So that's the that's how it starts. Oh, so it's taken, dismantled. 
He's what? pissed. That happens in Fury Road, too. I think they exist in parallel. Okay. I like the the Chum Bucket character, though. He's pretty cool. He's like your aide. The... He's your... And he's kind of the voice of the game. He's, he's like your rat bag mm-hmm. in this game. He's, um... Right. Even even more involved than rat bag was. But very, very... The games are very similar. Um... You have to climb towers of silver. You kind of just climb... You do these open binoculars. Do you turn to a wraith? But, um... The combat is, is, is not... Doesn't seem like it was anything to go home about, but I just like this. I like that there's fuel, and you have to drink water for health, and like there's like these really like surface level survival mechanics that feel survival, even though they're not, you know, which is kind of a bummer because I would have liked to have seen. And I'm only like literally I'm ten minutes of the game. I'm not like, mm-hmm. but it just it's it feels right. It feels it doesn't feel like a like a shitty license game. I think that it was just built around this idea that people will like building this car. Right. Which I'm all for. Like, I love, um, in GTA and in Saints Row and all those games, I like building my car. So, like... I never did that much. Really? Like, the, the customization in GTA Five. Like, I loved I, it. I never owned GTA Five. I always played other people's copies, so... I thought you beat GTA Five. I did. I beat Matt's copy. Oh, oh well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But I kind of... Your roommate had it, then. That's yeah, a little yeah, different. Yeah. I kind of mainlined the story. That's um, probably the only way to play GTA Five because it becomes overwhelming if you don't. I just, like, none of the, in GTA 4, a lot of the side missions, like, grabbed me, nothing grabbed me, like, I didn't care about the, the, the photographer shit, I didn't care about, like, the, I like the super athletic, like, competitive woman, you, you Oh, remember? the triathlete? I love her. Yeah, that's a good character. Yeah. They nail her writing pretty well, did, too. Did you ever do the one where you had to place Trevor with her? Yes, and he's, like, all he's, mad, because he, he's, like... Well, he's in love with her. Oh, Trevor, I've been in with Franklin with no. her. There's one with Trevor, and Trevor, like... And she's like freaking out at her at her boyfriend, and she's like, "It's like you think I'm fat, you blah blah blah." And they're like in their you know triathlete year, and then Trevor's just watching this, and then he's like, "Huh?" And he just runs up and just punches the boyfriend, knocks him out, and he's like, "I love you!" <laughs> and then she freaks out and gets on a bike and runs off. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I think I do remember that actually. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. So like the entire mission there is just you racing, but also chasing after her. It's really that's weird, pretty funny, but it's really funny. I mean, the thing with GTA is that I would do those missions because I wanted the item at the end. And there usually was some, like, tangible, either, like, rare car or, like, a new bike. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know Saints Row especially did that. Um, Maybe there's more on the multi... Well, you didn't play much in the GTA Five multiplayer. No. Played a lot of Red Dead multiplayer. Played a lot of GTA Four multiplayer. Uh, we played a little bit of it, but Red Dead is the one that kind of caught Evan and I because it had that semi open world thing where other people would be around, right? And you could go fuck with them. Oh yeah, and that was the basis. Well, of, like, that's the whole point of free mode in GTA, right? So, um, have you played Sleeping Dogs? I played the demo. You should get sleep. It'll be on. It'll be like three bucks next time it's on sale. Sleeping Dogs is also kind of very. St- Static in terms of movement, isn't it? Like, doesn't he? Like, I I love everything about Sleeping Dogs. Like, it's static. Like how GTA is static. Like, like the the movement is like a little chunkier. I think Sleeping Dogs feels better than GTA. Really? It's more because it has that hand to hand combat system in it, mm-hmm. which is very like a just a rip off of Batman. Um, I never had any problem with the movement, and I I actually started liking um the movement and the combat and the shooting, because it at no time do you ever feel like overwhelmed you feel like you're this badass like super cop then it slides it slows time down every time you slide over an object so you can just like slide over a car hood and like it's bullet time just mm -hmm. take out some people and it it really makes you feel as you get a grasp for the mechanics and how they they interact 
you, you feel like you're in complete control of a combat scenario, which I think is really important. So I think that as a game designer, you can either empower a player to, you know, or you can over... Like, the games I like are the ones where I feel like I'm in complete control, like a Saints Row or a Just Cause, or ones where I'm, I have no control, like a, a Stalker or a, a Fallout. Even. Right, right. Um... Sleeping Dogs is I love the story in Sleeping Dogs. What is like what is Sleeping Dogs inspiration? So like Battle in the Bronx, kind of like It's um I think of another like Jackie Chan cop movie. No, 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 no. no. It's more like uh um Hard Boiled. I know that movie. Oh, uh, uh so like Hong Kong crime cinema. Like it's super inspired by um the director. Hold on. Uh he made a game. Really? Yeah. So you this is a game called Yakuza. No, Internal Affairs, Hard Boiled. What's the director of this? Oh, John Woo's Stranglehold. That's oh. the game he made. Oh, John Woo. But John Woo, it's in, in, Sleeping Dog is super inspired by John Woo. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, Which Mission Impossible did he make? Three? Two. Two? Who made three? J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams did three. And then uh, the guy Brad Bird did yeah. four. Incredibles dude. Yep, and Iron Giant. Um, oh, I And just recently, uh, Adventure, no, fucking Feature World. What's it called? Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know they're bringing Iron Giant back to theaters? They're, like, remastering it. I love the Iron Giant. Mm, so doing much. a limited release. Also, did you know that Star Wars is basically booking out every IMAX? I saw that. For, like, like, a, a month. Strength move. It's really weird. It's a really weird thing that they don't need to do because all the IMAXs would be begging to be playing it. But I think it's more of a we're going to release this in a way that nothing's ever been released before and make Disney a fuck ton of money. If you're going to buy stock, buy Disney stock. Um, Say your financial analyst. Well, that's my cousin always says. And he's he's into all that shit. About buying Disney? Uh, about stocks and stuff. Oh. Well, I'm buying Disney. It's like, he's like, if anyone ever asks me for advice, just buy Disney. He's a big. He's the guy, the king of Richmond guy. Um, so I would play. I think Sleeping Dogs for an open world story, because it has this really weird development team. Because the guys that made Mod Nation, the kart racing game. Really. Yeah. So that and that's made up of like former EA Black Box guys, I think. And what they work on? Need for Speed. Oh. So the driving is just awesome, and you can ram. It does feel like Need for Speed style driving. Right, it's and like... it's very arcadey, but you can do stuff like, you can get out of your car and jump into other cars. Oh yeah, like the... the Just Cause yeah. stunt position stuff, yeah, yeah. you can do all of that. You can open your door to hit people as you drive by, which I love. <laughs> um, and it, it has this really good just... it's. I never feel like in GTA that I'm in control of my car. Even in fun. Oh, I love that though. See, I like when Franklin, because you can just Oh, yeah, autocorrect yeah. and then you're good but um I never wanted to play as anyone else no the first time I played GTA 5 it was Matt was just like here drive me to this mission and it was a mission like out in the boonies and you were meeting with the, the federal agent for like one of the first times mm -hmm. and I was playing as Trevor and so I'm driving Trevor in this jeep right and I'm just like purposely like driving as recklessly as I can because I've always been comfortable with driving stuff especially loose driving like that yeah. so I'm just like going across lanes down the freeway blah 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 and like you know and has a GPS telling you where to go so instead of like going down the you know going down the freeway to the exit and then taking a left and then going down basically this dirt road down the hill I basically just hopped the lanes went threaded through the um trees and the car smacked a tree in the front so it started spinning around and so the 
the jeep was twirling around and then landed on the spot where the cutscene activated. That's pretty good. So he like was twirling around in this jeep and then like stopped and then just kind of gets out lazily just like steps out of the jeep. I'm fine. I love that stuff. I just I don't like when I, the problem is that there's so much momentum in GTA. And it sucks when you lose that momentum. Oh, yeah. Like, it just, you have to work all the way back up to it. Oh, and the invincibility cheat code sucks, too. Because it only lasts a minute. And if you get shot at all trying to boost it up again, it, it'll deactivate, like, your initiative to up it. So, like, because you have to pull out the phone and then right. scroll to it. Right. But if you get shot while on your phone, you just push the phone away. Yes. So I was like, just put in, just put in unlimited, like... Just God mode. Yeah, that's... Just do it like you used to do it for like San Andreas. So, but I am excited to play GT, uh, not GTA Five, MGS Five, MGS Five. When you know, in two years or whatever, when I eventually buy it, Aww. I'll get it sooner than that. But it's just not like get it on the holidays when you have time to play it. Um, well, it's gonna be this Fallout Four time, my friend. Oh fuck me, dude! Wow, this is a good year for games, though. Like, it's a good year for music and a good year for games and movies. Well, you're lucky because they pushed back. XCOM 2, so you don't have to worry about XCOM 2 until February. XCOM 2 is a whole other thing. Like XCOM, if XCOM 2 came out when I was still in school, because I would just do alt-tab XCOM. I would do some turns, and then I'd go do other work, and I'd go back to... That's why XCOM's so deadly for me, because I can, like, it's the same with Civilization. Mm-hmm. I can play it while doing other stuff. Or, like, if I'm waiting for like someone to get back to me, I'll just play XCOM. No, never lost time, and then it's just a efficiency suck. <laughs> um, but, um... I was... Oh, well, I was going to go back to MGS4 for a sec, because I was trying to look at some more of the story stuff for that. Oh, no. And MGS4 is a bad one to jump into. It is, but and the dialogue's so bad. It's not good. It's mm-hmm. bad. But it's only bad because it's, like, super expository dialogue. Yeah. It's like, why are we going to Afghanistan? Well, we're going to Afghanistan to get, you know, liquid ocelot. Liquid ocelot is blah, 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 blah. It's like, just... just are you watching the cinematics or the codex? It's all of it. Yeah, the codex are more that than anything else because I get it. Like they're trying to inform the player. Oh, but there are better there are better ways to do it. The problem. Well, like, I feel like MGS Five is doing it way better. Like all the codex, or when you're talking well, the revolver about, ocelot. Think about in a post MGS Four world, you know, that the creative team can look at what how everyone felt about MGS Four. Right. They can. People don't really like how the controls in any Metal Gear game were and they they had this new engine they could build around like a really that engine looks amazing the one that started on MGS4 no 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 the Fox engine the Fox engine dude so like you're crawling around the hospital and like his muscles in his back are flexing and like the cloth and the pants are I mean it yeah, I've seen yeah, I've seen like stills of James, that and little clips of that. It's funny because people are like, the next generation isn't that much different. And then you look at an Xbox 360 game, like the first Gears of War, or like even even all the stuff in the Rare Replay collection, like uh, Banjo. Mm-hmm. It still looks like the art direction in those games are great. But yeah, they still look dated. Yeah, Nuts and Bolts looks a little dated. It well, and the, the UI is just big and chunky, which is like it's Comic Sans. Uh, it's not. Is it actually? I don't think it's actually Comic Sans. One of them is because I was looking at some Rare Replay stuff in one of the Banjo games. The UI is Comic Sans. I just want a new Viva Pinata. Um, but it's just funny how, how far I think game UI design has come. And how just UI design oh, in general. And the MGS4 it's like just says Old Snake. Mm-hmm. Like permanently in the upper left corner. And just like big giant letters. And there's that orange phosphorus glowing. I think people, and even Fallout, I think, I hope. Because I hate Fallout's UI. 
Really? I think it's clunky and the Skyrim UI is better. It's a little bit better, yeah. It's a, they, they started to learn how to get out of the way of the screen because I think it's... I love how Destiny's it's, UI is still probably my favorite, though. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. It's just slick. Um, I might get that new Destiny expansion. The Taken King? It looks really good. I haven't I wish it was paid any attention to PC. it. PC. Um, the... Bethesda is in love with that font that they started with Skyrim. Yeah. What, what is that font? Because all in... Fallout 4. I think it's a good looking font. Yeah, it's sharp. It's just a super modern design inspired. It's just weird to see that in a fantasy game and then also in, in, a, post in a post-apocalyptic 1950s inspired game. Yeah, I see that. But, so... So, I don't think I'm going to pay attention to any more MGS4. But I get why people like it, because every time they introduce a new character from a previous game and then do the flashback thing from what they look like in MGS1... Where it's like the really low poly, low res model, I think is is great. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. You said so. Like when they introduce Naomi or they introduce Liquid Ocelot or whatever, they uh-huh. do that thing where they do like the fuzz in like static screen, and then there's a picture mm-hmm. of them how they looked in and MGS one. one. And I think that's amazing because it's acknowledging the 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 story. The timeline. Yeah. yeah, they do some really really cool stuff with that. Um, At the very end fight, don't they? Right. Because you're like fighting. Like and he, you see like MG M- Metal Gear screenshots, uh-huh. like thumbnails. They're very blurry. So they, right. There's a lot stylistically that he does that you can only do at the scale that he can afford. And I mean he, the team. I shouldn't say he. And um, it's really important, I think, to have games that are that batshit insane. The same way it's really important to have movies like John Wick. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Because it, to show that style is still really... Because it's so hard to justify that in a business standpoint. Like, the amount of, like... It's I mean, like goodwill on a on a balance sheet. It's right. like, we have this much goodwill. It's like, what does that mean? Right. And then, you know, it sands out all the... Because, like, the reason Metal Gear is cool is not... Yes, it's... It, well, it's cool because it's an institution. Um, well, that's why I liked it because it's like, oh, I get it. Like, I get this lineage that it, like people have experienced and like uh, are coming so, back so to. It's weird. It's weird. Because I grew up watching Ben play, and I grew up um, playing like Twin Snakes and stuff. Like that was my first real attempt at playing it. And then I played the fuck out of Portable Ops for some reason, uh, and and Peace Walker was super dope. What about Mel Gear Acid? I always wanted to play Metal Gear Acid. I think that's just a great name. Oh, yeah. I think that's just, like, oh, that's not, like, a base, like, like, elements aren't don't go solid liquid acid, but Metal Gear Acid. Metal Gear Plasma. And it's acid A, C, exclamation point, D. Because that's how they used to do the, the prompt that someone saw you. Well, they still do that. That's in MGS5. No, now they do, um, I mean, it does come up, but it's, like, it's, it's way more subtle than right. it used to be. It used to be the... No, I saw the cutscene from MGS4 where the guy from What's Your Face's team, he sits up and he has a shaved head, but he has a mohawk no, and the mohawk's no, in the no, shape no. of the. And then they make the explanation. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck you!" I love that stuff. It's so stupid. A lot of this is stupid, dude. I mean, a lot of, and a lot of it's cheesy, and a lot of it's sexist, and a lot of it is just oh, quiet, gr- gratuitous. <laughs> nothing but sexist and gratuitous. And then tweeting out pictures of you pinching the boobs of the action figure that you made of her he's not uh, he's he's who he is and that is apparently good enough to give him money not for Konami 
No, that sounds like a nightmare. So, uh, have you seen the stories of any of the other MGS games? I've, like, looked over them. Because I feel like the the impact of Metal Gear Solid 4 is so rooted that, like, they did it. They went and tied up every knot, every... they Nothing's unanswered. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's just... Like, once you need a custom dictionary for all your random-ass terms, like, Fox Die, Philosopher's Legacy, you know... It's cool, Fox though, Trot, blah, 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 the whole philosopher legacy being this giant bank account. It's kind of cool. Or whatever, like, whatever the AI was called. Patriots? Sure. Yeah. I, like, I just don't care. Maybe it's cool. I If you're going to watch any of the movie, if you're going to watch cutscenes, which I think is a terrible way to experience games, um, not because I think I'm, like, judging your... No, I get it. I guess going and playing MGS4 is hard. I just think it's, just, it's, it's, it's hard to have the real... It's like reading a wiki entry on a horror movie. Yeah. Which I do all the time, because I don't want to watch horror movies, but I want to know what happens. Um, but MGS3, uh, I played that in the background the other day, and that story rocks. I think, yeah, I think if I could get into any of them, it would probably be Vietnam or MGS3. Well, like, and it's something about the weird tech that they use that's all, like, future... Isn't it like, digital camo in that or something? Like Eventually. Um... But it's this weird, like, 70s future, which is kind of cool. So, so like, they're, they're has, flying... Like, big these, box radios and yeah, shit like that. and they're flying, like, these drone things. They have, like, giant helicopter blades in the bottom. Like, they are they look like, you know, bastardized, uh... What are those? Hueys? Qua- quadcopter. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Like, they, they look like... It looks like it's from the 70s. And, um... That story just... I mean, hands down, is just one of the coolest just relationships that you develop with another character in a game talking about the boss mm-hmm. um, and then everyone knows at this point like how that that scene is famous for a reason like, right it, it, it hit the field. It, for a, a thing that is, is that esoteric and like that hitting you over the head with visual like analogies like it, it, it hit a really broad base I think which is impressive because I think that getting those points across is really easy to someone that's into uh, literature or into like yeah, right, it seems know. very poetic, it, it, and like kind of evokes the same thing the end of MGS4 evokes when he's like in the graveyard. Right, and MGS4 kind of like bitched out at the end, but um, the whole thing of the boss, the big boss and snake in the graveyard, pretty cool. Um, and then Major Zero's just blah. <laughs> I saw <laughs> that. And I, I love like, when they oh both go God. in and plug him. I'm like, I remember when I saw it. I was like, well, that was not nice. I like when <laughs> they brought him all the way over there to kill him. I like when Big Boss first straddles into that scene. And he's carrying like a fucking grenade launcher, like a big barreled grenade launcher. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he he walks in, he's fine. And then all of a sudden, he's like crippled and can't get up later on. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Whatever. I would watch. I, I would watch MGS3 though if you get a chance because there's other ones you can watch in like an hour and a half. I think or maybe like three hours. They could break it up. It's interesting. And Ocelot's a cool character. Because he's like a triple double, triple agent. He's. Revolver Ocelot? Well, he's Ocelot in MGS3. He so why become, is he. So he becomes Revolver Ocelot in MGS3. So where does that title come from? Because he finds a revolver and he really likes it. So have you seen, like. He the, juggles the guns. The, have you seen the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood element of MGS5? All of your squad members have names like that. I saw that. So it's, it's like Traitorous Eel. That's awesome. Sullen octopus, things like that. Well, it's funny because they, they have these random characters I know. So the character creation thing that they have in there, it probably wasn't that much actual work for them to make because they had to build this random suite. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, the month to make a 
character selection screen probably wasn't that expensive. Well, for... like the specific stuff, like like actual NPCs that play a pivotal role, like are there. like Miller's there. And then I love the way Miller looks. Miller's a cool looking character I'll, model. I like the way Rolf Ocelot looks. Yeah, like, that's a badass character. It's yeah. like you look way cooler than you looked as Liquid Ocelot. Oh god, Liquid Ocelot was so lame. He's like, he's just an old guy with aviators. Yeah, and really long. Looks like ZZ Top. Yeah, but the thing is, is that uh, Revolver Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid looks like an old guy with a ponytail. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I think he looks like how he looks in MGS5. In MGS1? Yeah. No. Mustache. Kind of long hair. Yeah, so he looks how he looks in MGS5. Oh, he does have a ponytail. Yeah. That's like a side ponytail. He's not as lame. This is my favorite, though. Yeah. I love all the screen times in the play Because, dude, when I played that game, it, like, blew my mind. Oh, I had that action figure, too. Oh, man. Oh, God, he's so lame-looking in MGS2. All right, anyways, that's not exciting. All right. Next, um, next thing. Oh, no, we can talk about Loom Dari. Oh, okay. Well, that is the next thing. Yeah. Right, right. So, Loom went well. Yeah, that's pretty we good. We have a huge recording of us brainstorming and then it promptly ending with someone angrily knocking on the wall telling us to shut the fuck up did you hear is it in there i don't know i haven't listened Ooh. but yeah so we, we were like that was like the exact point we was like all right we're good we're done and then just someone just furiously knocking on the wall going, shut the fuck up try to sleep people are nice and then we all like quietly stood up and then shuffled out of the room <laughs> tail between our legs yeah guilty but yeah um we worked with Sean, sure. Sean Harrington and Kirby Martin and of Godicado no <laughs> Gilimanjaro fuck what's it called it's Ouroboros Ouroboros yeah sorry yeah Kirby Martin's studio is called Ouroboros they're working on fancy some RPG turn based project turn-based yeah thing. very big in scope very 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 cool I thought it was cool I liked uh like working with them yeah no, 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 it was fun it was fun um, I'm glad everyone was happy with their roles. I was kind of like, okay, how about we just do <laughs> art, writing, programming, music? And everyone just kind of like nodded. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that we, you know, we got a lot of, we made a lot of assets, which is cool. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> oh, uh, that was cool. Uh, do you want to explain what the game we made was? You should explain it. All right, so we made a, we made a dystopian desktop resource simulator for basically like you are some faceless employee who has to divert these resources to different districts of some nameless country and every round the the resources that each district requires becomes more and more um involved involved yeah so and so you're assisted by this AI that we created called Arbo, and Arbo is visualized through these <clears throat> prompts, pop-ups basically that mm-hmm. look like, and the entire desktop user interface just looks like Windows three, mm-hmm. and so it's like real low res, real mm-hmm. like shitty, esoteric, like in a lot of colors from like late '80s, early '90s, like a lot of like teal, and a lot of things like that. Yeah, it's a lot of teal in the '80s. There was a lot of teal in the '80s. That cup. I love that cup, but the purple line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that cup. There's a lot of that. That's the color palette. Yeah, that's basically the color that's palette. Pretty much the color palette. Um, and so 
the goal is you're kind of and the theme of the of the game jam was you are the monster so we wanted to make something a little bit uh deeper than just making a monster game which is normally how we go with these things we're like okay what's the first thing that comes to comes to your mind let me say that like, all right get rid of that one all right what's the next thing that comes to your mind all right get rid of that one too and i feel like peak wasn't that Peak took us a while. We were yeah, there until we, like one. Yeah, we made digging down. Yeah. But so sorry, that's okay. So Arbo basically just gets more and more annoying, like popping up, and he's like super passively aggressive. He's like really nice, and he's like yeah. always taking blame for like when you screw up, and when you screw up, the districts become more and more unruly until you can finally eventually lose them. And so that's the basic premise of the game, and then you can also shut down Arbo, which is kind of like the original idea is that oh we just wanted to make an annoying AI that we would have to kill sometime in the game and then that was that and then we kind of built a whole second game yeah and then Arbo kind of became the sidelined part of it but I like the idea and I liked our execution and we still have to finish it it's true once again once again we have so it'll be done this time next summer <laughs> no I think this one will be much shorter in scope like especially since it's a lot more systems based and a lot less content based like Kirby yeah Kirby like wrote all the dialogue Mm -hmm. um I kind of have to retrofit some of his dialogue to fit other parts some of the systems like if there's an annoying because we want to make pop-ups that kind of like distract you from your task well the pop-ups he wrote were very long and multi multi multi-windows so I'm like okay I'm gonna pick one of these snippets that sounds really good and I'll be the pop-up um He's, he's, he's a verbose dude. He is. But um, everything he wrote was... Oh, dude. He aces. Nailed this character, had a voice, and seemed very realized. Yeah. Him. You know, and there's a... You could hear him saying the lines in his Arbo... Because he had an Arbo voice he kept doing. And you could kind of hear that coming through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his voice. There was a very distinct Arbo voice. Which was... That's impressive, man. It's yeah. not easy. And yeah, especially in a crunch like that. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Maybe... But it was cool. It was cool. I liked it. It was a fun... It was a good game jam. And some of the games that people are submitting are crazy. Like I said, I said mm-hmm. you a lot. But like that 3D platformer... Nuts. That 3D platformer is crazy. Gorgeous. Well, and actually that kind of brings me into my... What I want to talk to you about now is you have this Super Mario Maker teaches you the English of being an indie developer. And this line is something that you hear... Is this a, a quote from the article? Yeah, this is, is from is, Ben Cuchero wrote it for Polygon. Right. This line though is 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 I've heard this said different ways before, and it's and in different industries it's said differently. Because um, in advertising they say the opposite. An amazing idea that's executed poorly is nothing but a mediocre a mediocre idea done with skill is just shit. Mm-hmm. Like you have to you have to nail both um, because of the amount of noise in advertising, and I have a feeling. In games, you're gonna see that more and more as the the volume goes up, the noise. Right. Well, this quote kind of says it a little. I mean, like says what you were saying, but it's not so much that you have to execute both. Well. You're right. You're right. I'm reading it wrong. It right. is. It's saying that the game, and he's he's right. You know, yeah. if I if a game's fun, that's the one thing that game separates it from other mediums, or any interactive, like even you know interactive sites, interactive software. Mm-hmm. I'd rather use. A ugly, a not attractive app that gives me the stuff I need. Has when I need utility. It. it has utility. Then a really good looking app that does nothing for me. Right. So. Like Apple Calendar. Oh. <laughs> sucks. So. Or Apple Notes. I get it. 
god, that fucking bookshelf. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't like newsstand. Newsstand. And they're getting rid of it. Um, the one thing I do like is that airplane one, but I never used that. The ticket one? That was pretty smart. Oh, Passbook? Passbook. Yeah, I like Passbook. It's good. Or I think they renamed it, didn't they? Is it called, like, Wallet now or something? Uh, um, yeah. Steve what, Jobs. <laughs> a couple weeks ago when I shattered my phone screen and I went to the Apple Store to get it fixed, it was like, all right, here's the, you know, the bill. It was like, you know, how do you want to pay for it? It's material design pop-up, sorry. He was like, how do you want to pay for it? And I was like, I don't know, here's my car. He's like, we use Apple Pay. I was like, oh! I was like, the first time we used Apple Pay, and we like touched phones. And then the... Did you touch lips too? Are you yeah. Right? Nice. Locked lips. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying locked lips is so gross. <laughs> but anyways, back, so yeah. So the point of the article was talking about how the the curation part of Super Mario Maker kind of parallels independent game design. Because you're in a sea of similar stuff they have to compete with. And the main thrust, or I don't know if this was the main... Ben Futera wrote it for Polygon, kind of touched on a lot of things. But the thing that I read, and I kind of just stopped, copied it, put it into the Google Doc. It's a good line. Pasted it three times. um, Was that a mediocre idea done with skill almost always trump an amazing idea executed poorly. And I think you can see that with our game versus Will Blanton's game. Not that our game is bad, but that, you know, we were talking about our game and doing and throwing around all these ideas, and then Will comes up, and we're like, hey, Will, what are you working on? He's like, oh, I'm making a Super Mario Bros. 2 clone, um, but it's got Donald Trump in it. Well, and Bedhog. Yeah, and Bedhog was just a, a Nidhog, but with pillowcases. And I think that's really, I'm not saying either one is better than the other, but it's a really... I think, actually, one is better than the other right now. Okay. I think executing, I think the way that Will executes his ideas gets his point of view across a lot stronger than the way we do currently. I think Nightlife is the closest thing to that. Right. Okay. I'm not saying that, like, it's a bad thing. No, but, like, I, like, but we both still, we, like, aspire to do more of what Will's doing, but also not, like, we want to bring that kind of entertainment and that kind of passion and quality that Will has, but it's not like, but we would never want... I feel like we'd be less prone to coming up to someone and say, like, it's an X-clone. Well, I think that we would either say it or we'd spin it in a way to, like, instead of, it's kind of like this, but we came up with a better way to do it. Right. Because we have egos. Right. Um, But, like, I do, like, for the next one, (laughs) always thinking about the next one. For the next one, I think we should totally just do that. Just, like, right. what game do we like? Or we're doing that. Nope. And I was I tried really hard this time too. I think the I, the one thing I'm I'm bummed about is that I think we just we once again went too big. Yeah. And I and uh, I came across as negative, but like I just I really wanted to make something that was like, you know. Well, I think an inch wide and an inch deep that we could do really well. Or like it showed. Right. Like yes, this thing's so I wanted to make. Um, because I think that in because we wanted to work in Unity. This idea was bigger, you know. What I mean, had we worked in just static HTML or something, you think it would have been easier? I think. Well, that and you could have co-coded. We could have done side by side with me and Sean, like that's true. Doing UI and stuff like that's all I did. That's all he does. Right. But um, not that it's a problem because you learn so much. Oh no, no. That but that's what I was gonna bring up. Like not to dismiss your point, but I'm just saying like yeah, I learned because we wanted to do it. Well, I wanted to do it all in it using the Unity UI stuff, but Unity 5 has a completely new UI system that I've never touched. Yeah, and that's the point of these things. Like, right. I'm not, I'm, by no means am I like, opposed, because I wouldn't know half the shit I do about sound editing if it wasn't for 
game jams or you know um, even producing art for games I learned all that at game jams um, or even this presentation we just did I would never learn how to do keynote prototyping and making the animations so like sure I lost like 80 hours of my life because I didn't get to show it but like I now <laughs> who cares I'm not I'm no, not no, an like, emotional genu- wreck is fine no no genuinely like I, I left I was like well I learned a lot like the, right. ex- the, 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 the journey to it was actually it, it doesn't feel like wasted work I think learning. that was the point I, I do too. I think this guy knows what he's doing. But same thing is like when I when I started stressing out when I was working last year, and I started learning the web dev stuff. All of a sudden, all the hours I was putting in, even if I wasn't making work that I was super stoked on, I was still learning how to do something new. And I, I like that skill based stuff, which is why working in Unity for a game jam is the only idea. It would have been dumb to execute that way, right? Unless we knew that our idea was that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um. Hacks flip tool looks more and more appealing though. Sometimes. Every time I see it, I'm, I'm like, like God, I want to get in there. And then since and then moment joined in, I was like, God damn it! Like, well, and then Ruthie something. uses it, and her stuff looked great. It was like there has to be some sort of like ease of use or workflow thing that's just like way better for that than. Cause, well, well was, we're still <laughs> struggling to find like a really optimized dev because I think that you you're better at just sitting there and like <laughs> doing the the basic like stuff, but Photoshop is just clunky. Like, there's gotta be, and I know Will uses it, but like, I either need to f- watch someone use Photoshop correctly, or watch you use it and like see it, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is just so heavy-handed. Well, you need like, <clears throat> you need like a Wacom or something. Yeah, that that would that would help too. Because that's what the first thing Sean did when he sat down next to me, just pulled out, pulled out his, the Wacom, pulled out his bamboo. Out, yeah. Like, no, you're right. That that does help a lot, and it's helped making the little pen tool stuff that you do in pixel art a lot easier because you can kind of start from somewhere and then trace over yeah and I've seen a lot of people just like draw or paint mm-hmm. like they would normally but with pixel art so right. they'll just make like a blob right. and then and then edit it cut into it sculpt it you're probably that's probably the better way to do it and in, in like the low end Wacom's not expensive it's like 100 bucks 50 bucks no I've been wanting to get one for a while I just uh, it's fun to tool around with you just like no nah, nah, nah. nah, I mean I do all my when I do like logos and stuff I, I do draw them out I end up taking pictures of them and then importing them into Illustrator and doing and live tracing and doing over that yeah. well, I, don't even tra- I just do the, the the Illustrator automatic one oh, I didn't know it was one it's like live trace and it'll find contrast and do vector lines on top of it so you can do really cool stuff with it but it's, it's a really good way if you just want to pull in like solid vectors um so yeah, mediocre idea, mediocre idea, dumb skill will almost always trump an amazing idea executed poorly. And I think that at the end of the day, the most the way to succeed on your work alone is to have a really good idea and execute it on the way it does, the idea deserves. And then also, it's the, the, you see that the Steam games doubled from this time last year. Like the number on the, the market. The whole market doubled. Huh. It went from like thirty seven hundred to like six, almost doubled to like six thousand. Well, I think. So in one year, the what ten years Steam has been around, doubled. It's only gonna get worse. Oh yeah, Steam's already like too crowded. Well, I'm curious if you think. I wonder if that's like a linear trajectory. I don't think it's an exponential tra- trajectory. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope more it's games not. than people. Right. Or maybe it's a logarithmic, like it'll cap and then it'll I'm, increment. I'm sure it'll. I think the game with the rise of Unity. In the rise of a couple other engines, and so that the barrier meter is getting lower and lower. I think mm-hmm. it's really important, just like cameras for photography. You know, yeah. But photographers still have careers. So, <laughs> barely. You you bring you bring that up, um, because in my screenwriting class we were talking about budgets. 
and I don't know anything about movie budgets. They're big. But, oh yeah, but he was talking about like indie flicks. Indie budgets are big. That's what I thought. So, so. Well, indie, independent films that you see, then there's like. The, and then there's like. The three grand movie. Right. So, we were in class, so I've like kind of two notes on that, and, the, and I was kind of contrasting it with what I know about budgeting. So, we had an assignment in my class about editing a, a script. And so he just gave us a page of a script he made up. And he's like, edit this. Cut out all the unnecessary stuff. And he... And it was like... A, so there was like a block of text that was this, the description. And then all this dialogue that was clunky as hell. So the description was like, Johnny got out of bed. Johnny touched his feet onto the floor. The floor is cold, but he didn't notice because Johnny was in the military. Blah, 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 blah. He got up. He grabbed the purple heart off the desk or off his dresser and put it in his pocket. Blah, 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 blah. He walked downstairs. He said to himself, I think I'm going to call my mom today. He pulled out his phone and called his mother. You know, the phone rang three times. Mother answered. It's like, yes, how are you, Johnny? Blah, 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 blah. And it keeps going like that. So he was like, all right, cut, it, cut all the useless shit out. <laughs> so he had to, like, find out what, what the major plot points were. So the major plot points were Johnny woke up. Johnny has a purple heart. I knew that was going to be, yep. Johnny called his mom. Right. Mom answered. Right. He asked his mom if he wanted to go out to lunch. Yep. She said she didn't want to go to the restaurant. Right. And then you find out it's because Johnny's brother worked at the restaurant and has been dead for five years. Right. And so that was the stuff. But there's all this nonsense in between all that. But sometimes you guys start with that really broad base and, and have an editor. Right. And an editor is a really good thing to have. Yeah, and his point, well, like, and there was something that, like, shows how parallel movie making is to game making. It's like completely collaborative right like and you write a screenplay way differently than you write a novel right because you write a novel with okay here's my theme or here's my idea for a character and then you start and then you go but for a screenplay since everything is can be budgeted and is on a balance sheet and every minute you have to pitch x amount of money you have to think the entire scope of the film from day one right so you can't say oh we'll figure it out later like, where the plot's going to go. Well, you've heard, like, how Michael Bay will go, and he's like, I have these set pieces in mind. Go. And they do the same... Naughty Dog does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they started Uncharted 2 with that big cruise liner scene. Right. Three. Oh. Okay. And so... So he's like, all right, everyone cut it down. And so, you know, go through it. Like, And I'm cutting a lot. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, if you're done, cut how many words you have left. This is what you told me the other day? The yeah. This is, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. So sorry. he's like... Cut how many words you have left. Mm-hmm. And I count them. And he's like, all right, how many do you have? And I raise my hand. He calls on me first. I'm like, I have 35. And he looks at me. He goes, you have 35 words left? Words? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And he walks up to my desk. He picks up the script. He reads it to himself. And counts the words. And he's like, huh. No, good job. And he puts it back down. And I'm like, thanks. And then Will, who sits next to me, raises his hand. He's like, I have 70 Guy next to him, I have 94. Guy next to him, I have 160. And I'm like, guys, this is one page. There's not that much information here. Like, literally, my script was, John got out of bed, picked up the purple heart, called his mom. Want to go to lunch? No, I don't want to go to lunch. Mom, Bobby's been dead for five years. Yeah. I mean, that's... I like that. So, I got kind of cocky with I... that. So, so, the next class, we had to do pitches for what we were going to write a screenplay on. And then after the pitch, we had to pitch how much money we wanted. So I was listening to other people's pitches. Um, someone had like a post-apocalyptic, like 
It was like Mad Max meets The Hunger Games. It was like a frozen wasteland. Like, you know, these people fight each other for, like, the upper class mm-hmm. of society's entertainment. It's post-apocalyptic. And he went two and a half million? Mm-hmm. I was like, two and a half million? Like, that might, like, get you the set location. I don't think that's going to get you much more. Like... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, unless you do, like, really, like... Like, it would have to be super, like, low, low... And we, we were talking about indie films. It was like, you know... Because like we were talking, well, if you about, get a red camera, like a digital camera on loan from someone, yeah, you like you can cost, rent, yeah. your cost out. Yeah, you can rent that stuff, whatever. I was just thinking like, okay, you need an Arctic location, so you have to go find a location. You have to you have to house people, and it's just like because you know we've seen Kickstarter for games, and you know, Broken Age gets three point five million, or Which isn't that much money? And it's not that much money. Well, the other thing is, yeah, yeah okay, and so. I was thinking, okay, like doesn't doesn't make much sense. So what did so, you ask for? Ask for five. Okay. So here's my pitch. Um, five I, is a lot for the movie you just pitched me though, because you could shoot that movie in a week. For the post-apocalyptic one? No, no, no. For yours, you you would run your the way that I feel like you would. I haven't pitched the movie yet. No, oh, I thought you just said you that script movie. wasn't mine. Uh, that script the uh, professor made up. Uh, okay, now I'm on board. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So this is my pitch. Ray is a middle-aged convenience store owner in a small city who has accomplished nothing of note in his life, but has grown frustrated with his delusional view that crime has skyrocketed in his city. After violently protecting himself in a store from an attempted robbery, he uses the local popularity of his vigilante story to create a political platform. He discovers, perhaps too late, that the worst villains are those he creates. And I pitched it as, alright, take one part All the King's Men, one part Walking Tall, and then a little bit of Breaking Bad. Sounds a lot more like Walking Tall. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board. Um, I love Walking Tall. I think Walking Tall is great. Walking Tall is nuts. That's a very stressful movie. Are we talking about the old Walking Tall or the new Walking Tall? Old Walking Tall. Okay, I was talking about the new Walking Tall. Who's in that? The Rock. Really? Yeah, it's... Is it good? It's like an action movie. It's like, you know, you're running the middle action movie, but it's like in a small town in the Pacific Northwest. I like The Rock. And he, like, pulls someone over, like the guy who, like, runs the casino in town. Wait, is that the one that has the guy from Dude Rose My Car in it? Which guy? It has Johnny Knoxville in it. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, Johnny Knoxville's like the sidekick. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I have seen that. I didn't you like see that. The way he breaks yeah. the guy's yeah, wife with yeah, a big two by yeah, four. Yeah, that movie's cool. Yeah, that's a cool movie. I like that movie. Alright, yeah. All um, right. so, maybe, maybe less walking tall then. Right. And so... Yeah, I was like, alright, five million. He was like, if you want five million, you better be the star. I was like, alright. Who's your star? I don't know. You probably have an older guy. Like a... Mm, who was the... I think it's gotta be Harrison Ford. No, no. That's too action movie-ish. Who's the guy from... Who played the mobster in Batman Begins? Tom... What's his name? Oh, you know who'd be good? is the manager of the bank in Batman The Dark Knight. He always pops up. He's in oh, the longest yard. Yeah. He's pretty cool. He's kind of calm enough that like you'd believe that he'd be dangerous, but also that he would run for a politician. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. He he'd evoke like a grand. He's got those, those piercing, piercing eyes too. I, don't think I was thinking Tom Wilkinson, like someone I'm assuming. Yeah, Tom Wilkinson. I think Tom Wilkinson has too much evil associated with him though. That's true. Isn't he? He's Loki, like, right? No, that's Tom Hindelson. Oh, uh, who's Tom Wilkinson? Oh, he'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he does have a little mouth, but. 
Do you ever see Michael Keaton? No, not Michael Keaton. What was that movie with George Clooney? Michael Clayton? Oh, I know you're talking about. I have not seen that though. He was in that movie, and he was like the unassuming innocent guy. Huh. Huh. But anyways. But Five million is a lot of money. And I didn't know. Like, he was like, how much was? Five? I Like, but I guess that's, you know, as much as we think we know about game budgets, I guess we don't know that much about, or I don't know that much about movie budgets. Because I assumed. I mean, I, I have like, from like commercial budgets, I can tell you like what a lot of money is, you know. And like like what, for ad, yeah. For no, I mean just any any type of production production cost. Um, but is that for something like a five minute reel? You talking about for like a thirty second spot? Okay. You know, like let alone what a film cost. But the costs compound, or the costs get cheaper over time because once you get a crew and a set, that's it. That's a lot, and then you got to pay over time for them. But the initial upfront cost of getting them is still expensive. And yeah, and like shooting. Doesn't take that. Oh, I there's a lot of post production, but shooting, where I'm sure bulk of your costs costs are, unless you're doing a huge CG film. Which is why everything works in unions, because you you know you want to bring people in and you don't want to pay for them after that. Right. You don't. It's just you can't. You can't because these people demand premium prices. Whereas games, you know, a developer, a, a programmer, sixty, seventy grand a year. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. And then. For one worth their shit. Yeah, and then but and then you have to pay them for two years. Yeah, it's so expensive. And the, just the, the 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 timeline is nuts, and then you gotta. I mean, so much. If it's like you're talking about the collaboration thing, like that just takes so much time because there's just so many moving pieces, and then you gotta get a marketing machine moving, and then you gotta get a, a post release plan moving, and you gotta you gotta be spinning teams up and spinning teams down quickly in a way that you're you're. Iterating and you're developing really quickly, but you're also uh, staying to this deadline that you set yourself. And I don't think anyone's ever happy at all times. Yeah. And it's a lot of hurt feelings. It's a lot of people being told that's out of scope or that's out of. If that has to happen in games, for sure it does. I mean, imagine how the people that made Destiny felt. Oh, if everything's the true. No, no, no. I mean the reaction. If everything's true about how they had to cut that game up a little bit and how they didn't know what that game was and that, that game's a product of like a deadline like that game came out which it came out playing great I thought Destiny was dope but it's just crazy to me that like it, it's the same at all scales like no one's no one there's no fixing that I think observing what Bungie is doing with Destiny versus observing what 343 is doing with Halo interesting. brings an interesting point that I think Bungie is good at like creating a universe. They're not good at making it feel lived in. Because I feel like Halo 4 and what looks like Halo 5. Halo 5 looks super story. Like, it's the most interesting I've ever been in a Halo story. Like, they seem to like synthesize what was supposed to be going on. Like, I'm not saying they hit everything right, and I'm not saying Bungie did everything. The trailer wrong. looks awesome. Or the opening cinematic. That opening amazing. cinematic is ridiculous. Just them fucking skating down. A goddamn mountain, yeah. killing all these covenant. It's awesome. Yeah, isn't the new Taken King trailer have another Led Zeppelin song in it? Mm -hmm. What 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 song is it? Um, because immigrant song was what they played in the original trailer. Yeah, it wasn't the immigrant song. I don't know what it was. There's a lot of weird tonal stuff going on in those trailers. I just you can afford because Led Zeppelin does not give up their song rights easily mm -hmm. for ads. They've done it like three times. Two um, of them are Destiny. Yes. One of them was a Chevy ad, I think. 
Mm, they're so rock and roll. Um, anything else? Oh, it's Black Dog. Oh, yeah, it is. I yeah. love Black Dog. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's just weird. So, what's your senior project story? I want to hear about that. Oh, so I tried pitching Ward. Really? For my computer science senior project story. And they said no. Or for my computer science senior project. So my um, my professor was like, I'm. I'm sitting with the board the computer science board like senior project board what do you have that i can take to them i was like well i have a business plan because i made a business plan for my first half of my entrepreneurship capstone mm-hmm. i was like all right send that to me <clears throat> i said that to him comes back next class he's like they were very impressed but like they don't feel comfortable doing something so out of key yet even though it's something they want to do like they want to do more entrepreneurial projects mm-hmm. and so does the like um a lot of the sponsors for right. the senior design project and i was like that's fine like i wasn't expecting I, that's a better reaction than i thought i was gonna get i, I mean any a failed validation is still a validation in my book right and then so he mentioned when i when i was talking about it initially he mentioned that the the children's hospital was pitched a video game project for like helping kids with weight loss that's pretty cool and so I was like well can we try that and he said turns out one of the other um, groups a previous semester did that so that one's no longer on the table are you in a group? yeah mm-hmm. um, it's me and Keith and then a third guy Keith Hubbard? mhm <laughs> he's pretty smart I hope so yeah <laughs> I wasn't laughing it's just funny that Keith is just this ongoing <laughs> object in my life where I'm like it's Keith <laughs> And uh, the world's very small. So we didn't get that the second one, the children's hospital. So our actual first pit, our first like that was on the list of accepted ones was 3D visualization, right? Which, which was yeah, using yeah, the yeah, Oculus yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Didn't get that one. What the fuck? So, so what did you get? Did so we got our second pick, which was natural language processing for search. That's kind of cool. So yeah. And, really and I think Keith told me I don't know if this is exactly what the project is but he said it might have something to do with um, programming languages mm-hmm. so like it might be able to read a file like a, a Java file and read all the functions that it does and then process it into natural human language that's a big thing that JavaScript's trying to do too right have you seen that whole effort right well you were telling me that like they want to transform JavaScript into natural more syntax yeah well this is taking what you've already programmed made and made it into and say like oh Dude, this even is even that this. would be like that would, that would make like debugging so easy yeah you could read it would just be another opportunity to read something and be like oh that's that makes no sense what the fuck happened there right that's really cool yeah like I'm like I'm excited for that that's one. awesome that's really exciting but it was just funny it was like this one no alright this one no alright this one no okay that's funny well we like this one so we'll take it that's funny yeah well, Dylan, we did a podcast. We made one. We made one, and I should probably just start putting them online. Maybe I'll do that at some point today. I have to go to work, but I don't want to. I know that. Um, what do you got coming down the? I guess we'll try to record. We have to pick a day. Yeah, we'll have to find when we're both available. I'll have time Monday this week because of Labor Day. Yeah, so and then we'll just start agreeing to post them by a certain day, and then. It's probably be hard to schedule a hard time for me, just because you have crew and you have brand center. Well, no, no, but I'm gonna have afternoons back because once the intermediate fucking ends, 
I have my Wednesday and Monday afternoons. I can do Wednesdays. Because I, well, we can figure that out later. Right, right, right. Um, so I have it, that evening class. My schedule's opening up. So, <laughs> I told you this, right? For my entrepreneurial finance, we've had three classes so far. I've been to one of them because he canceled the other two. Jeez. And next class is Labor Day. <laughs> That's the weird thing. All my classes are once a week. So, like... Yeah. I love it. They're long. You get... It, that would burn me out. That I mean, I've done that so many times. In the once a week thing? Well, I did that for um, community college, because my first semester of community college, I was in school from one thirty till 10 at night. But they're not lectures. They're about uh, an hour lecture. And like studio time. Two hour hands on. Well, studio, it's a lot of it is you going and pitching stuff to the professor. It's a lot of one-on-one time with you and the professor. So like a side group. room or something? No, no, it's just in the front of class. And the rest of the classes, I mean, you're working on shit. And, um... I mean, last night it was probably it's a lot of lecturing and a little bit of, but we're having to do this. Um, our group project is you have to make a. Did you ever see that carry ad where they made the fake coffee shop, and they had the girl that had coffee filled on her computer and she gets up and throws her hand and the guy goes up the wall like they set it up and so it all looked real. It's a coffee shop mm-hmm. and there's only like three actual real people in it. The rest were all actors. No, I've never seen this. Oh, it's pretty good. So we have to make a um. A similar thing for a movie. So we're gonna do for like if for like if they're gonna re-release Jurassic Park, we're gonna have a guy with like a U-Haul, and he's parked in the and he pulls this big box out, <laughs> like the you know that opening scene in Jurassic Park. Oh, it's been a while. They're putting the raptor in the thing. Oh. And it eats the guy. Oh. So we're gonna have that like this box moving around, and then at the end we're gonna have a guy in like the hat come out and yell shoot ah. <laughs> As you. It's, it's still in the concepting process. I'm not as big of a Jurassic Park fan <sighs> as most people are. Oh, Jurassic Park is so awesome. Love it. Love it. Is it Jurassic World? I didn't see it, no. Mm. Is that any good? It's good. I feel like you're going to like it more the second time you watch it. The way Mad Max, you like more the second time you watch it. I still haven't seen Avengers 2. I want to see Avengers it, 2. It, we should watch it, but I, I wasn't like... Ant-Man did more for me than Avengers 2 did. I liked Ant-Man. I liked Ant-Man, but Matt... I mean, I still think that... Well, there's Joss Whedon. Like, not in a bad way, but Joss Whedon. No, it's, an, it's a good... It's a Joss Whedon flick. It just... The first Avengers hit me so hard in, like, all the right places. Just punched me in the heart. And... and, and Captain America... Well, everyone was talking about how, like... Avengers 2 didn't, like, reflect how Steve Rogers should have been at the end of Winter Soldier and all that stuff. Like... It kind of went back to Avengers 1, Steve Rogers, where he was a little yeah. bit more innocent. And that was because it was a Joss Whedon flick, and Joss Whedon makes that very... And the Captain America that I like is the Winter Soldier. Like, Winter Soldier, that movie fucking rocked. I love Winter Soldier. Well, the end credit scene for Ant-Man was pretty good, too. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It wasn't yeah, long yeah. at all, but, like, that was... All right. Like, I need to see what this is. Have you seen the, the concept arc of, like, the teams for Civil War? Mm-mm. Like, who's on whose side? I mean, I know from reading Civil War. It's, um... Spider-Man's on... Well, Spider-Man isn't shown in any of the concept uh-huh. So it's, it's... I think it's Hawkeye, Cap, Falcon, Black Widow, and Winter Soldier is on one side. And then on the other side is Iron Man, War Machine, Black Panther. Mm. Ant-Man, maybe? Or maybe Ant-Man is caught in the middle, kind of similar to Spider-Man. Uh, There's two in more. In the comic, Ant-Man's very anti-registration. So maybe Ant-Man's on Iron Man's team. That's part of our Civil War is everything with Wolverine. And he's not going to be in it. That's so a shame. Spider-Man's cool too. Though. Fantastic Four might come back if since that movie was so bad. If 
Fox might just pull a. Sony. I want to see that movie. I want to see it just to see it. I want to see it. Just to, I want to see that, and I want to see Jupiter Ascending. Those are my two like shit movies I need to see. I want to see Jupiter Ascending. What was your last shit movie? Transformers Four. Transformers Four, and then before that was Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Have you watched Lawless yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. Watch Lawless. Lawless was dope. I watched. Uh, I watched Narcos, that new Netflix show. Tim loves it. It's pretty good. Like it's not. Like after like after because I just watched all of it and I kind of like sat back after I saw it and was like that was okay like it wasn't Tim way into it which any any show that's exclusively subtitles that Tim watches I'm impressed <laughs> or well, read you can read that fast no it's pretty yeah. good it's pretty good but like it, it it looks good it's a good looking I like shows that look good they just do it's a, they rely heavily on a lot of time jumps that uh, like starts eighty one then you're in eighty nine before you know it and then a lot of uh, voiceover. From the DEA agent. I have a feeling that means they probably shot a lot, and then they're like, "We need to fill a lot of these gaps." Probably. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. All right, Dylon. Well, we will record soon. I don't know why it's recording at forty-four. Whatever. Um, what did we miss the backlash of trying. That's kind of a bummer. Because I think it was like six and a half hours. A pretty good length for a game. I think it's just. I think the internet just sucks. I say, well, yes, but I think it's also just a a, a, a lesson in wow. managing expectations, right? And getting ahead of the message is so important, right? And I feel like even like, oh, dude, I didn't tell you about the Pepsi guy that came. He was fantastic. To Friday Forum or yeah, to class? Yeah, he was awesome. What did he What did he say? He completely validated everything I wanted to do. And I was like, fuck, there's a place. I'm for working me for Pepsi. <laughs> no, dude, he was like shitting on advertising. And he's like, there's no one out there designing experiences. And I'm like, oh, well, that's my sure I can experience. experience designs, <laughs> right? It's right here on and my... And we talked about our track and how that, that was the most... Uh, you know, we talk about our track, but like how things in that space are more relevant in business problems because these business people can't figure these problems out, but they need creative people to understand the client and all sort of stuff. It's pretty cool. But he did not care for advertising agencies. So my director of the school was sitting there and she was like, because you're getting like tense and she kept asking questions to like drive him towards it. But I'm like, when the guy that manages $12 billion in brands is like, advertising needs to change, it's gonna... You have to listen. That's what I... And then the, the guy that led my track, I was talking to him last night, his name is Andrew Levasseur. He's I was like, Andrew, how'd you feel about the fire forum? He's like, oh, I loved it. Because <laughs> he's in... Because con- advertising is so rooted in the, the art director, copywriter pairing. Um... And they have a hard time with what a XD does or a creative technology. I hate the word creative technology, but like where you fit in that space. It's syllables. It's just a dumb name. That's why the, the perk changed to experience design. Also because they want to co-op user UX design and get in that space too. Um, but he was like a totally, you, you see it even in my school. And it bums me out because I, I walk around and there's these print ads put up everywhere and I'm like, fun <laughs> like who's reading that yeah. you know and like there's like one app design up and I'm like I mean it's good looking design don't get me wrong but I'm like art directors should be learning what I'm learning not how to design it. I mean a good uh, co- hitting the concepting part is really important I think but beyond that you gotta execute where people are so like people recommended billboards and Don Just the professor of my business learning class was like who the fuck looks at billboards anymore? <laughs> he didn't swear, but he was just like so shocked. And he's he was CEO of Martin in the eighties. Like he's not So new. he should be all about that. He you'd think he'd be on board, but he's like, Where's your digital push? Like I know he knows where the money is. 
So. Well, that's good. It's always good to have a school that you know is paying attention to the current changes. Oh, the school as a whole is. It's a lot of the creative department is having a hard time with it because they're all creatives from a different era, I think. Um, especially like my creative thinking class, which he's he's an amazing professor, but I, I think that he's perhaps a wee bit. He doesn't he doesn't like my track. Like he outrights like I just don't get why you guys what you guys do. Why do you exist? And it's just kind of like I heard that the first day and I was like, well, fuck you, dude. Whatever, man. I'll show you why I exist. But. At the same time, like, you're always going to run and stuff like that. So. That's cool. Anecdote. I should tell you more about it later. He was really cool. He... $12 billion. That's a lot of money. It's really weird watching a guy that manages that much money talk. You, talks, you've met... You've been in the same room as Eric Schmidt. That's true. When I did the Sunday morning thing. That was cool, too. That was cool. <laughs> you had a look on your face. You're like, no, I wasn't cool. No, I was cool. Well, I didn't need to talk. I talked to this guy one-on-one for a little bit. Oh, sure. And that was kind of cool. Just because it's like, oh, wait... We're all people. Well, I wanted to talk and to... And he swore a lot. Really? <laughs> Fucking shit. Come nah, bitch. it was more like... He would like, be like... It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, I don't know. He was very, very charismatic. Obviously. Yeah, I wanted to talk to the CTO CapTech last night, but I didn't have anything to say, so I'm like... I'll send him an email. No, always gotta make... You, got, you gotta get in front of him. I have a question. Hmm. Especially... Whenever... I always think about the people that make the biggest impression on me... When um, we would do like crew team things or like when I was teaching SI, like and it's really dumb, you know. But anyone that came up with even like a semblance of like intelligence, I was like, oh thank God! Like just hearing and like you remember it for like a little bit because you're like, oh, and I think that actually goes a long way, like having effective like networking. Yeah, <laughs> which is dumb, but whatever. Or you know, someone asked him pe- the Pepsi the. He's giving the speech and then they do Q&As and someone asked about when are they going to do the Back to the Future Pepsi bottles. What they look like? They, I think they, they automatically undid themselves or whatever. I don't know how it worked. That was the shoes. Those oh. Were the Nikes. Uh, I don't know, but apparently they're doing something on it. A Pepsi bottle that unscrews oh, itself. These. Oh, I love those. So they're making, I think they're making them this year. Well, it's 2015. Yeah. So he yeah, they'd shoot up through the, the he, counter. He didn't say that they're doing it, but basically he said they're doing it. Right. All right, that's the word podcast. Goodbye. Bye.